This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Pressure 
No my haramai, no my hoki, my kahu kura whanau. You're tuned into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. You can live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, via accessmedia.nz, via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out. You have Lady H on your mic for your Funky Friday. We love having you on board. A big flat out shout out, of course, to New Zealand on air. Without you, access radio stations like Free FM wouldn't be here. A big flat out shout out, of course, to uh, Free FM. Without you, flat out pride wouldn't be here. And last but not least, a big flat out shout out to all you fabulous listeners out there that tune in every Friday on your Free FM dial at five to hear what's hot and happening on our show. Lady H, on your mic. Love, love being back. Love having you on board. Hope you all have been looking after yourself, wherever you are in the country, wherever you are in the world. On our show tonight, what's happening in our spaces? We'll be covering conversion practices submission bills. So that's what's happening in Aotearoa at the moment in terms, or one of the many things I should say, in terms of legislations that are happening within Aotearoa. And this is the conversion practices submission bill. So it's an opportunity for community members uh, to speak to the select committee via Zoom and uh, pose their case as to why they're for or against the conversion therapy bill. Um, yes, it's an out and proud story. Drag, uh, RuPaul's drag race star Gigi Goody has come out as trans non-binary, posting a heartfelt video to her fans on Instagram about her FFS surgery and her journey. We're also looking at taking prep and hooking up. Mm-hmm. Compliments of QWERTY.com. What's the point of gender? Posed to you from Angel and Nicole, LGBTQ Adventures and Spirituality, or slash Spirituality. And this is a YouTube channel where they discuss all these different varying topics. And this one is, what's the point of gender? Of course, we've got beats peppered through there. That is the lineup for the show. Enjoy, Fano. That opening beat there was of one of my faves, a solar rosa, something good. I know that things are challenging for a lot of people in a lot of spaces in Aotearoa and in the Ao. And my encouragement is to look for that goodness, uh, even if it's something small, uh, to add a bit of light and brightness uh, to your day, your time, your space, your place and your people. All right, finally, let's get into the goodness. Our first, what's the point of gender? Angel and Nicole. Stay tuned. channel if you are new here my name is angel the other half of this channel is my wife nicole and we create content about queer stuff uh sexuality gender uh how spirituality fits into that travel lots of lots of things so if that interests you hit the subscribe button so this video is inspired by a comment that i got on one of my other videos talking about gender it was my how to know if you're gender fluid video and in that video i talk a lot about what gender is and i talk about this 
almost in every single video about gender that I do, about how it is a social construct and gender is something that changes in forms over time and over language and um, cultures and things like that. I also talk a lot about how gender expression is not the same thing as gender identity and how pronouns are also not the same thing as gender identity or gender expression and how there's all these separate pieces that go in together. So this person asked, if gender expression doesn't equal gender and pronouns don't equal gender and if gender stereotypes are BS, then what the hell is gender? What's the point of identification? And why would I want to identify as something if I can be and look like anything with my identification? So basically to sum it up, what is the point of gender? And <laughs> I don't really know. No, but honestly, that is a, that's a big question. So I wanted to make a video that created a space where we could kind of have like an open discussion because I don't think that there is a right, correct answer to this. But I do know that a lot of people have this question. Why should I be spending this much time on my gender identity or why should I not be spending this much time on figuring out my gender identity if maybe it doesn't even have a point. And I know that I've definitely been in spaces, especially during the time whenever I was trying to figure out my own gender identity, where I was getting so frustrated with labels and identities and and, and these things. And I was like, is it is it even worth it? Is it even worth it to, to identify myself as something? Because there is gender expression. Like I can dress masculine, but I'm not a boy, so does that signal the wrong thing or what? And there's all of these questions, right? So what I did was I went and I asked my Instagram followers and my TikTok followers, what's the point of gender? And just to see people's um, answers and what their perspective is on gender. And before we jump into these answers, I do wanna say that this video is going to be full of people's opinions and their own perspective on their life and of their gender. And it is nobody's place to come in here and say, that's wrong, that's incorrect, you're misrepresenting us, because that is their experience. So I beg of you all, please be kind in the comments. Please feel free to drop your own perspective on gender in the comments and what you think the point of it is, but please don't try and put people down. These are real people in our community that maybe experience life a little differently than you. They might even identify as the same thing as you, but they experience their life differently. So just be kind. So now that I've gotten that out of the way, let's get into the into the comments. Let's go through some of the comments that are maybe a little bit more positive in reflection of gender identity. One person said, the ability to feel freedom in being the most authentic version of yourself. To make understanding life easier. To better understand yourself so that you can be the most authentic person that you are. To collect as many of them as possible. <laughs> a way of being confident in your body knowing this is who you are. To describe a collection of behaviors and general aesthetic preferences. So those are all really good. The idea of having these gender identities helps people who maybe are a little lost in knowing how they feel to kind of organize those thoughts and allow them to feel more connected with themselves and with their bodies and with certain behaviors that they do and, and thought patterns and things like that. Maybe even helps connect them deeper to a community and helps them feel a little less alone. I know for me that coming out as non-binary opened up a whole world for me to be able to have new friends who are non-binary and having people who experience very similar things to you is, is indescribable. It's really, really nice to have a community of people who 
who you solidly know are going through pretty much the exact same thing as you. It's the same thing with just labels in general. A lot of times labels function as a way to be able to put an explanation to maybe a conjunction of confusing feelings that you may be feeling on a daily basis. After researching what being non-binary and what being gender fluid is, it really helped me kind of take these floating thoughts that I had everywhere and wrangle them in and be like, this is what I am. That makes a lot of sense. But just like everything in this world, there is also a negative side to gender and gender identities. And here's what some people had to say in kind of not in favor of gender. To fit people into boxes like cereal. An excuse for cis men to be toxic. There is no point. It's like art, an expression. People just try to control it and warp it so that other people feel comfortable. To unnecessarily categorize people and allow for unequal power distribution. To sort people into rigid categories that dictate how to act, move, dress, and be. There isn't a point. I felt so much better since deciding that gender just isn't relevant to me. To empower some but limit others. And then my favorite, there's no point, only vibes. <laughs> and all of those are very, very relevant and real as well as all of the positive comments. Because truly, I think if you were to ask me what the point of gender identity is, I don't think that there is a point or a necessity for it in the grand scheme of things. And sometimes it's difficult to see it that way because us as people who are not cis, our gender identity is something that, you know, realizing it sometimes has saved us from really dark places. Being able to have to, to recognize who we are um, is something that has been great. But when you look at cisgender identities, people who identify as a cis man or a cis woman, we look at those gender identities and we see pain and boxing and being trapped and suffocation. And then when you start to like zoom out and take a look at it, that's kind of what they are. All gender identities are just labels that, that fit people into little categories. And why would we want to live like that? You know, what, and, and it starts to take you down this like kind of existentialism road where you're like, well, I just, I just want to be me. Why do I have to put a word on that? Or, or, you know, what if I don't follow all of these signs and symptoms of being non-binary or trans or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I just, now I, now I feel like I don't fit anywhere. It can have the opposite effect and make people feel excluded instead of included. My friend, queer Palestinian, sent me a message that I really, really loved. It explains where the duality of this exists and how it's hard to put a polarization on it. They said, in many cultures pre-colonial times, gender wasn't a thing, neither was queerness, because people were just who they were. But now post-colonial times, and with the enforcement of the binary, that very much erased the fluidity and normalcy of queerness. We have to find ways to re-emphasize its existence and re-normalize it in a way. And I think the future of gender will just be that it doesn't really exist. And things like an AMAB person in a dress would not be a headline. But for now, this visibility is important because queerness of our existence has been erased. And I just think that there were so many good points in this. Because it's true, if you look at history, there is queerness abundant in there, but there was no word for it. There was no name. And as somebody who has a theology degree and who has read the Bible way too many times to count, I know more than most people that there is no word for homosexuality in the Bible, dis despite the fact that there was homosexual activity in biblical times. It is not something that was 
a hot topic because it was normal and it was just people being people. And then, you know, colonization happened and binaries were enforced and you know, people who came in who thought that things had to be this way and things had to be this way. So now we're in this transitional period, right? We're in this transitional period of history where we came from a place where it was normal and wasn't talked about in the way that it's talked about today because it just existed and it wasn't even a space in people's mind to to defend themselves or argue for themselves. There was no need for a gender identity because they just were them. But now, you know, in post-colonialism, that binary has been really, really, really heavily ingrained into our society and our way of life and we think, breathe, and eat binary. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So unfortunately, even though gender has no point, it's still important. We still have to recognize and fight for our gender identities because of that erasure. We will just continue to be erased and that, and that binary of male and female and straight will continue to dominate our society and affect people who aren't even in the queer community. The binary is not good for anybody. That being said, I think it is still important, obviously, to hold on to that remembrance of the fact that there was a time when gender didn't exist. When these labels full of meanings behind them and items of, of, you know, you act this way so you're this, that didn't exist for a while. And I think if we hold on to that and we know that that existed one time, it can exist again. So there's these two sides, right? Gender identity being this beautiful thing that helps people realize themselves and helps people come to terms with who they are, creates community, creates understanding, creates feeling comfortable in your body and in, in yourself in general. But then there's also the side of it's boxing and it's, and it's harmful and it traps people and it controls us. And how do we marry this? I don't really know. I don't think anybody has the answers to this question. Um, maybe there are some people that are smarter than me uh, who do have a solid answer to that question. I only have very loose running thoughts and opinions. And I think for me, I'm increasingly discovering that at one time, gender identity was important to me. In some ways, it really still is. And I think that unfortunately in our society right now, there is no way for me to just drop the label and just drop the understanding of myself being non-binary. Part of that is because I'm still in the journey of discovering who I am, but then another part is that it's just, it's just society and that's how it functions currently. But I do think that the more we fight for gender inclusion and the more we fight for the validity of other genders, once we get to that point, where genders are recognized and this concept that everybody's valid. Until we get to that concept, we'll need gender identities. But then after that, I think there is a world where we can breathe and drop the label and live just as ourselves once more. And I think that if you're struggling with this question right now, what is the point of gender? If that is really bothering you, I wanna ask you if you have been gatekept by people in the queer community, because I know I have. I know that I have said things that are just my own personal experiences and people have told me, well, that doesn't that doesn't make you non-binary or, oh, well, you're not non-binary because you do that. Block out everybody, block out those people and think about what is the point of it to you. If it's harmful for you, you don't need it. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody, but if it's helpful for you, continue with it and and use your voice and use your your platforms and and speak up for yourself and and fight for your inclusion and fight for your neighbor 
who maybe doesn't want a label and fight for their validity as well and vice versa. So yeah, I don't know if any of any of that made sense, but I did want to share because I think I, I get this question often. Like, what is the point of gender if it is something that is not, not, not solid, you know? Um, it's constantly changing and it depends on person to person, then what is the point? So I wanted to just open that up and read you guys some of the comments. So yeah, there's that. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'll catch you guys in the next video. Peace out. Sometimes I get real, real high. Sometimes I wanna raise my hand. Sometimes I wanna do my dance. Sometimes I need to free my mind. Sometimes I get real, real high. Sometimes I wanna lose control. Sometimes the beat touch my soul. Sometimes, 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 sometimes I wanna raise my hand. Sometimes I wanna do my dance. Sometimes, 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 sometimes I wanna lose control. Sometimes the beat touch my soul. Sometimes.
You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Tuia Ngario Otehapuri, bringing together the voices of our community. Flat Out, you can tune in via freefm.org.nz, accessmedia.nz, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out, Lady Edge, on your mic for your funky Friday. We love having you on board, Fano, and I love being back. Damn. We are sitting at level two in of lockdown in Aotearoa, wherever you are in the world, in the Ao. Take care of yourselves, your place, your space, and your people. Love, light, and laughter out to y'all. All right, on our show, what was the point? What's the point agenda? So that was Angel and Nicole's channel from YouTube. We have got Conversion Practices Submission Bill. So I've taken a snippet of their, their meat um, and put, and you get to hear a bit of that from where you sit in the world. Uh, a bit of Elton Proud story. Uh, RuPaul's drag race star Gigi Goody uh, has come out as trans non-binary posting a heartfelt video. And taking prep and hooking up a bit of a cordial conversation about what's going on with our Tani and prep and hooking up. And of course, our beats peppered through there. That last beat there was called Sometimes by Jack Black. So that is what the lineup is for your show. Taking prep and hooking up, let's go into that. Cordial conversation. Not really a conversation, a cordial. So this is compliments of QWERTY.com and it's looking at the health and Altani and what, what's going on there. So some guys have stopped taking PrEP while we're going to, you know, we're in lockdown in the various places in the world. And here's what you should consider if you are hooking up. So if you're HIV negative, PrEP vastly reduces the likelihood you could actually uh, can acquire the virus now unsurprisingly it's hugely popular with gay and bi men once you start taking the daily medication you just keep taking it right well actually it's not so straightforward so a study found in Aussie found that one in four PrEP users stopped taking their PrEP during the pandemic another 5% switched from daily dosing to on-demand dosing so QWERTY went and had a quarter with some doctors from sexual health clinics um, who had found something very similar. It's not just because people are having less sex. Some patients feel less comfortable traveling to clinics whilst they're supposed to be staying home. Others didn't take to telehealth services. And that means, you know, like it's a, it's a digital divide, says um, one of the docs. Um, there's the access to care issues that a lot of people experience and then certainly if you were in a community or are in a community that has been marginalised, the access to care has some strains on it. So the pandemic snapped the small strings holding that process together for a lot of clinics and a lot of PrEP access. However, things have definitely been returning normal, you know, where it can, eh, fart, no. Um, so a lot of people around Feb, you know, picked up taking, uh, going back to the health services and, and taking PrEP. And there was a lot of talk of a hot vax summer. Uh, so with the newly vaccinated throwing themselves back into dating, has seen many resume their sex life with quite gustos. 
So because of this, if you have interrupted your normal prep routine, it's very important to start again. Um, and everyone that they spoke to have said the same thing. So a few things to bear in mind, all right? Don't stop straight after an actual encounter. So if someone's taking prep daily and engages in unprotected sex with somebody, the recommendation is always to take prep for at least one month after that sexual encounter. It would be the first place where people are putting themselves at risk if they start and stop too suddenly. Mm. So this would mean taking a double dose 2 to 24 hours before intimacy. You then take a single dose 24 hours after that, then another 24 hours later. So studies have found this to be as effective as taking PrEP daily. However, it's to note the FDA and uh, US approved PrEP is a daily medication only. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on-demand dosing requires knowing in advance when you might be having an, an intimate moment and a certain amount of planning. Many people prefer the simplicity of taking a daily pill and knowing they're always prepared for sex. So this leads to the next point. Don't stop unless you know for certain you won't be putting yourself and others at risk. So over the last year would be... Um, docs have been saying that individuals who had prescription for PrEP and may not filled it or were thinking they weren't at high risk, so we're going to utilise on-demand strategies and just didn't take those first two pills and thought, I'll just start taking it after the encounter and I'll be okay. So there have been heaps of cases where individuals had a prescription, knew that they had the option of doing and unfortunately didn't. A couple of patients who stopped taking PrEP as directed during the pandemic, thinking that they were not going to be sexually active, then unexpectedly they engaged in sexual intercourse. Months down the line, the HIV test came back reactive. The risk is there and it's real. If you stop, always take an HIV test before restarting PrEP. Um, you know, and that makes sense, eh, whānau, to take care of yourself and check. Remember to take PrEP for a few days before any risky sex. Any, any. So if you're resuming a daily dose, remember it takes a few days to reach full effectiveness, around a week for Truvada for, for anal sex, or 21 days for vaginal sex and injecting drug users who share needles. Wow, didn't know that. Finally, if you struggle with a daily pill, stopping and starting may soon be less of an issue. So obviously the pandemic has turned all our lives upside down in many ways, although PrEP is highly effective at protecting you from HIV, getting back into a routine can be hard, and some people, for whatever reason, will always struggle to take a daily pill. So fortunately, further treatment options might soon be available. Two of the clinicians they spoke to express excitement about Cabotegravir, C-A-B-O-T-E-G-R-A-V-I-R. This injectable form of PrEP can be given by a doctor every couple of months, is expected to be approved for use by the FDA later this year, or obviously probably early next year. So it could potentially be another great medication in the toolbox for patients who want to take PrEP. Well, there we go, Fano. I can't tell you much more because we've run out of time, but... Your sexual health is important. Remember, condoms and lube are still 
uh, another form of protection to keep you healthy and safe out there, whānau. But little tips for our whānau out there taking prep and hooking up. Be safe on the streets and in the sheets. That's what I say. Let's go into a beat at my worst. Pink Sweat featuring Kailani. Stay tuned, whānau. Rainbow Fano, wherever you are in Aotearoa and across international waters. No maharamai, no my hoki mai. Welcome and welcome back. It is New Zealand Music Month and it is Māori, a Mahuru Māori in Aotearoa. So it's a celebration and the resurgence, revitalization of Dereo Māori uh, for the week. And hey, let's make it a month. A lot of our. Um, in a lifetime, a lot of our artists in Aotearoa have been uh, translating their songs into te reo and, and just sharing that out with the nation. If you get an opportunity to tune in, then 
Justin do it, Barney. Just do it. It's stunning. It is stunning. Um, bit of controversy also going on, but I'll just leave that there because we want to stay with the highs, not the lows. That last bit there, at my worst, Pink Sweat featuring Kehlani. We still got coming up conversion practices submission bill. We get to hear from um, one of the community that has uh, put a submission forward. So that is Victoria University of Waikato Rainbow Law Society. So this was uh, one of the first submitters on the 15th. Uh, and that's part one that you'll see on, uh, if you go to the Facebook page, Justice Committee. And you'll see all the verbal uh, submissions. You get to see and hear. Um, but they were first up and really succinct. Uh, it was really interesting to hear their, their Fokaro posed and the feedback that came back from the Select Committee. So I wanted to share that with you all because that's the real deal with what's going on in Aotearoa, one of the many of the legislations that are going on in Aotearoa that impacts our Kahukura Rainbow Fano. But first up, we're going to go to Out and Proud Story. RuPaul's Drag Race star Gigi Goody has come out as trans non-binary, posting a heartfelt video to her fans on Instagram about her FFS surgery. Stay tuned. After that, uh, we'll go into a beat song, uh, I Love You Baby by Surf Mesa. Stay tuned. So basically, let's I, let's just jump right into it. You know what I mean? Um, I guess without beating around the bush, um, around eight months ago, almost eight months ago, um, in January, right at the beginning of the year, um, I decided to begin the process of hormone replacement therapy. Um, which, for those of you who don't know, is the process of taking estrogen and uh, testosterone blockers differing on the person um, as a means of bringing in the woman and pushing out the man, you know what I mean? At least that's kind of, that was my process with it. I think that this whole pandemic leading up to that January point where I made this decision was so crucial for me to have that time to myself. Honestly, just like, it gave me a lot of time to think and reflect. And, you know, like, on the show, on, on Drag Race, which now was like almost two years ago, which is insane, um, I came out as uh, gender fluid, which I still very much identify with. I would say I'm leaning more towards the non-binary side of that. Um, but it was a realization that I didn't really have much time to process as the episodes were airing. And so I think that if the world hadn't shut down and I was going on tour, I really wouldn't have been able to process it further just because of the, the sheer fact that I had this much time to myself and to my thoughts, I really had a lot of realizations. One of those realizations um, came from watching the show Veneno, which to some of you may or may not sound uh, lame, but the story and not only the story, but the characters <clears throat> and the actresses who played those characters in that show, like completely... 
I don't even know how to explain it, like completely like opened my mind up to what I, to who I am and I guess who I'm supposed to be. Um, and, and to me, that is a trans non-binary person. It's been about eight, almost eight months and I have been going through a lot of changes and the reason that I didn't say anything or want to say anything sooner, you know, like I could have made this announcement at the beginning of my journey and um, it, it could have been very helpful to some people. I understand that. But I also know the influence that strangers on social media have on these types of situations. And so... I knew when I started that I wanted this to be a journey that I was going on by myself, on my own, without any input from the outside world. Like, the only people that really knew that I was going through this were me and <clears throat> my mom and my close friends living across the street, um, which is exactly the way that I wanted it up until this point, because now we can talk about the procedure that I just had done which um, is known as FFS. For those of you who don't know what FFS is, that stands for Facial Feminization Surgery, and you can kind of connect the dots as to what that means. Um, facial Feminization Surgery is different for every person that gets it. Um, there is not one type of FFS that you can get. It depends on the person and what they feel they need in order to feminize their face. Um, so without getting into too much detail, which I may or may not do later, um, because I, I don't know, I, again, I don't really feel like it's anybody's business but my own. Um, I just feminized the parts of my face that I felt needed feminization. I didn't really get anything major done. It's not something that's going to like completely change the way that I look. I'm still going to look like me, but I'm just going to look a little bit more feminine or like, you know, as if I was born a female. Um, I do want to say that I do identify as a trans non-binary person, but I prefer she, her pronouns. I'm just more comfortable with that. It's what my friends and I call each other. I am in the process of legally changing my name to Gigi. Um, and that is proving to be quite the long, strenuous process. But um, to those of you who have known me before as Samuel, I um, that's great. I love that for you. But you know, it's pretty much GG from here on out. This whole part is obviously something that I couldn't necessarily avoid showing the world. So I figured that this is probably the best time to do that. And I think now that I've reached this point in my transition, I'm, I'm excited to let you all in on it and let you in on the journey and give you updates. And um, I hope you all understand that I wasn't trying to keep you away from this like forever, but that I really just needed this time to myself to figure this out for me and to um, be able to stand on solid ground when I, you know, come out to you.
now. Um, so, yeah, I've got a lot more healing to go, um, and not a lot of time to do it. We are busy girls here. We have things to do, so, um, I just, yeah, um, without further ado, back to your regularly scheduled programming. <sighs> Love you all so much, and, um, yeah, I guess I'll just keep you updated. Kahukurafana, you are tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, accessmedia.nz, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out, tune into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on your Free FM down Fridays at 5 on your, with Lady H. Yes. Uh, last beat there, I Love You Baby by Sip Mesa. We're going into now one of the submissions 
to the Conversion Practices Prohibition Legislation Bill, a hearing of evidence. And this was a recorded Zoom meeting with the subcommittee. This can be found at Justice Committee on Facebook. Um, and the speakers first up was Victoria University of Wellington Rainbow Law Society. Really succinct, really good corridor and really interesting feedback from uh, two of the committee members. Of course, uh, Ms. Uh, Louisa Wall and Elizabeth Kirikiri. Um, wanted to share that with you because that's one of the uh, legislations that are going on in Aotearoa right now in terms of uh, impacting on our whānau, our community members, our rainbow whānau or our kahukura whānau uh, mai i Aotearoa um, from and within Aotearoa. So that was the last part of our show this afternoon, evening. Enjoy this. Have a listen, Fano. Stay tuned. Um, I'm Vinuti Walters. I'm chairing the subcommittee today. And uh, with me, I have colleagues, Willow Jean Prime, uh, Simeon Brown, the, uh, I think, who else do we have online? We've got Elizabeth Kirikiri and we've got Louisa Wall joining us today. So as we begin these hearings, I think it's fitting to recognise the significance of this bill, which has received more than 100,000 written submissions, which is really a record for our democratic process, and also to acknowledge that Victoria University of Wellington Rainbow Law Society, the first of um, what will no doubt be many submitters as we consider the scope and depth of the bill. And finally, I'd just like to articulate what no doubt my colleagues on the committee feel as well, uh, which is that the submissions on this bill have come from many, including academic, academics, practitioners, religious bodies and those with lived experience. And this will be a forum to hear all those views respectfully and to listen with care. So welcome again to our submitters. Uh, we have read your submissions and um, you do have 10 minutes to submit. If you would like to leave some time for questions, that would be helpful. So over to you. Perfect, thank you so much. All right. Kia ora katoa. Thank you to the Select Committee for hearing us today and for being involved in this vital kōpapa. This is truly a historic moment for Aotearoa and we are very, very excited to be a part of this. We are Claire and Natalie, co-directors of the Victoria University of Wellington Rainbow Law Student Society. We speak to you today on behalf of our executive, our membership, and with the backing of the VUW Law Student Society to reflect the popular beliefs from the students in the old government buildings. Our submission was written in collaboration with many people around us. We drew on the invaluable knowledge of lecturers, students, and organizations with the same goal. Our submission comes principally from our society's constitutional goal to celebrate queerness and uplift the queer community. Diverse sexualities, genders, and gender characteristics exist across continents, cultures, times, and even species. It is a natural and valuable part of life. And with this in mind, we strongly support the prohibition of conversion therapy practices. As many will no doubt be submitting, conversion therapy is ineffective, unjustified and deeply harmful. Therefore, we will centre our discussion today around the more legal technical aspects of the bill. The law has been used historically to oppress the rainbow community. The criminalisation of homosexuality, legal barriers for transgender people to medically and socially transition, the history of marriage inequality and the imposition of colonial laws and values on takatāpoi te puna are all examples of this. 
We submit that it is the responsibility of lawmakers to do all they can to reverse the harm that has been done. The prohibition of conversion therapy shows development in that the views that sexuality and gender identity are things that can be chosen or things that people should attempt to change no longer represent our science or the views of our people. Seeing the state take the step shows many people around the motu that being queer is not something that needs to be fixed. We acknowledge the difficulties in drafting this bill and thank the drafters for their impressive work. We have some minor drafting changes which we believe will make a real difference to the effectiveness of the bill and the protection of our queer rangatahi. Firstly, we suggest two changes to Clause 5.1b, which defines conversion practice. The first change is to define intention to suppress or change. The problem here is that there are currently no definitions within the Act for suppress, change and intention. This level of vagueness does not allow certainty in the law and can allow for some of those who are doing harmful practices to escape accountability. Fixing this is important so that the law is clear, so that people who are concerned about whether actions that have been done to them come within the scope are more easily able to work this out. Suppress and change could be potentially be interpreted very narrowly, which would result in some conduct which should be prevented by this bill not being considered illegal. A simple solution that we suggest is adding definitions for these three keywords. A second alteration to Clause 5.1b is necessary to better protect intersex people. We suggest a solution could be including innate variations of sex characteristics within the legislation such that we create those protections for intersex people. This is important because as it currently stands, intersex people are not specifically protected. We know that intersex people face much discrimination in society and it must be ensured that they are protected by this legislation to help counter this discrimination. We also think that a change is necessary to five to clause 5.2a. Conversion practice does not include a health service provided by a health practitioner in accordance with the practitioner's scope of practice. The problem is that whilst the majority of medical um, professionals will be able to use this exemption as intended while providing perfectly valid services, there is potential for medical practitioners to bring their own bias to interactions with queer people. This change is important to people because as it currently stands, trans and non-binary people are still vulnerable to conversion practices under this exemption. We know that much discrimination into sex people especially face is at the hands of medical professionals. We suggest a solution could be to amend this clause to include a requirement that the practice, the medical practice in question is supportive of or affirms a person's gender identity or sexual orientation. This would ensure that the health professionals are doing the, that are doing the right thing are protected, whilst those who are using their job to harm people are not exempt from the consequences of that. For Clause 8.1b, we submit that this clause has the potential to be confusing. We find it unclear as to whether the standard is lacking capacity, being unable to foresee the consequences, or both. We submit that this should be clarified and that lacking either means, meets the standard. By circumstance, one may not be able to foresee the consequences due to a lack of education or knowledge on the topic, but still may have the capacity to understand the nature. People in this position should be protected without having to be ruled legally incapable. The same applies for people who can foresee the consequences, but not the nature. They may understand that it aims to change their identity and may be difficult, but not the specific methods used. We suggest clarifying this provision and making sure that either lacking capacity or lacking the ability to foresee consequences will be sufficient to find liability. This will encompass all the people who deserve to be protected by the bill. The final key change that we suggest is removing Clause 12, which pertains to no prosecution against Sections 8 or 9 without the consent of the Attorney General. This is important to people that we have talked with because it has the potential to allow conversion practices to remain in Aotearoa, causing harm to many people. 
another barrier for victims of this practice to seek justice is not advisable. Requiring the consent of the Attorney General means that prosecutions are dependent on the beliefs of that Attorney General, which sadly could have the potential to be a homophobic or transphobic bias. The consent of the Attorney General is not needed for other crimes, such as sexual violation, which have similarly long-lasting impacts on victims and is also very complex. We suggest that the solution could be removing this clause from the bill. As the Rainbow Rangatahi, who will see the benefits of these changes, thank you so much for your time and your work on this important mahi. We know this will go towards creating an Aotearoa which is safer for us and one that we are proud to call home. Na maharamai, na mai hoki, mai kahu kurafana. You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. You can live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, via accessmedia.nz app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out. Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday. Happy New Zealand Music Month, Happy Mahuru Māori Month, which is the uh, Te Reo Māori movement that is revitalising Te Reo in Aotearoa. Uh, what you listened to just there was the uh, subcommittee uh, listening to the submissions from the Victoria University of Wellington Rainbow Law Society. Now, I didn't get to share with you the uh, feedback or the comments from uh, two of the, the subcommittee panel members, Louisa Wall and Dr. Elizabeth Kirikiri. Um, however, you can go and have a listen yourself. Justice Committee on a Bookface is where you can listen to the submissions from various uh, groups, individuals, members of the community for and against the conversion therapy bill. Kapai Fana, that is it. We are going to wrap up now because that's all the time we have. A shout out to all y'all out there that are just holding it down, keeping it real, looking after each other the best that you can. Be kind to one another. Love, light and laughter out to y'all. That's me, Lady H, signing off until next week. Maudiora, take care. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.